KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. This is KMTT, the Torah podcast, and this is Ezra Bik. Today is Monday, Yom Sheni, Yud Gimel Adar, Tainus Esther. And tomorrow, of course, is Purim. And Chodesh Adar, the month of Adar, the period of Purim, the days of Purim, are the days about which the Megillah says, V'na'afochu. Days that which our enemies planned. Sibru. They had a spara. The logic said they were right. Logic said it would be days in which one could hurt the Jewish people. And they were correct. Aval v'na'afochu. Kashbochu overturned it and said, Dafka. The opposite will be true. These days were some sort of logic some sort of svara, some sort of fate, says that it's days in which it's possible, it's likely, it's even probable that plans against the Jews will be successful. Specifically on these days, Kushbochu overturns it, changes the course of logic, changes the course of history, and from out of the ashes of destruction, salvation arises. Rashi says that the simcha of Chodesh Adar the happiness of Chodesh Adar is because Purim is not only great in and of itself, but it's the beginning of the development of Chodesh Nisan. Chodesh Nisan, of course, is the month of Geula. By definition, it's the month of Geula. It's Chodesh Aviv, the month of spring, the month when all Geulot, all redemption begins, but even the beginning requires a seed before the beginning. And so on Purim, we plant the seed which will flower in Chodesh Nisan on Pesach. Today's shiur is the shiur in Hilchot Brachot of Harav Yair Khan. In last week's shiur, we, discuss, we discussed the Gemara on Daf Mem Amid Beis 40b, the Afrinz Machoks between Rav Huna and Rav Yochanan. The Mishnah there says, Ba'alkulam im Amar Shahakol Yatsa. If you said a bracha of shakol on anything, you're yotze. Itmar, Rav Huna Amar, Chutzmina Pasimna Yayin. This cloud that shahakol covers everything has one exception, or actually two exceptions, pas and yayin. If you make a shakol on bread or on wine, you're not yotze. Rav Yochanan Amar, Afilu Pas V'yayin. According to Rav Yochanan, shakol covers even pas V'yayin, and we paskin lahalacha like Rav Yochanan. Last week we discussed what's so unique about the bracha on Pas and Yayin, but this week I want to discuss a different issue. The Gemara here discusses the question of making a shakol on Pas Yayin and brings the shita, the opinion of Rav Huna, that if you make a shakol on Pas Yayin, you're not, not yotze. The previous case in the Mishnah says as follows, Birech al-peros ha'ilan bori priadama yatza. If one made a bari pradama on Peos Ha'ilan, then he fulfilled his requirement in your Yotze. Even though you're supposed to make a bracha bari prayat, if you made a bari pradama, you fulfilled your requirement. On the other hand, if you were supposed to make a bari pradama, for instance, on vegetables, and instead you made a bari prayat, then you did not fulfill your requirement. 
Then afterwards, the Mishnah continues and says, "Alkulam im amar yatsa." On either case, both bari eats as well as bari adama, if you made a sha kol yotze. This leads up to the machlokus between Rav Huna and Rav Yochanan. Is the Mishnah only referring to bari eats and bari adama, but not to pasin yayin, or is it referring to everything? Alkulam im amar sha kol yatsa. But what would happen in a case? Where you made the bracha bari priya adama or bari priya eitz on pas or on yayin. For instance, if on yayin one made the bracha bari priya eitz or bari priya adama for that matter, would he fulfill his requirement? Is it only shahakol that according to Rabbi Huna you don't fulfill your requirement, or is it also regarding bari priya eitz and bari priya adama as well? Similarly, regarding the bracha on pas, if one made a bari priya adama on pas. Is one Did one fulfill his requirement? Or perhaps over here, again, according to Rav Huna, one did not fulfill his requirement because, as Rav Huna said, on Pasch and on Yayin, one has to make a special and unique bracha, just like Shahako doesn't constitute that special and unique bracha, so too Bari Priya or Bari Priya Dama would not be a special, that special bracha as well. Since the halacha is like Rav Yochanan, that Shahako does fulfill do you do fulfill your requirement by saying a shahako on pasvi ayin? The, opposite, the, the case that I mentioned is not really discussed. If you yotze with shahako, then or certainly you should be yotze with bari peyetz or bari peyadama. However, it's not really that simple. For instance, the Ritvah brings an opinion that if one made a bari peyadama on lechem, one is not yotze yilchava. One did not fulfill, fulfill his requirement because according to him, once it has changed into lechem, it's no longer a priyadama. In order for a lesser bracha to cover a, uh, a potentially higher bracha, if you have to make a better bracha and instead you made a lesser bracha, it's only when that lesser bracha includes the higher, the higher, the higher uh, type of food as well. For instance, a bari priyadama is also a bari priyadama. It also grows in the ground. That's what the Gemara on Daf Memorandum says. Man tana ikar ilan arayi, that basically an ilan grows in the ground, and it's the source of the ilan is the ground as well, and therefore an ilan and the fruit of an ilan can also be considered a bari prihadama because it is fruit of the ground. Not only is it fruit of the tree. However, if I say that lechem has undergone, undergone a process whereby it's no longer defined as a pri, it's no longer a fruit. It has totally changed. First it was t- changed from wheat into flour. And then one took that flour and one made dough out of it. Then one took that dough and put it into the oven. It's no longer a fruit. It's now bread. Therefore, bari priyadama no longer applies. It's no longer applicable. Because bread is not a priyadama. Bread is bread. Accordingly, the Ritva claims that if one made a shahakol, on pass, he would be Yotze, according to Rabbi Yochanan, according to Rabbi not, but according to Rabbi Yochanan, yes. However, even Rabbi Yochanan would agree that if one made a Bore Priha Adama on pass, one would not be Yotze. From the Ritva itself, it sounds like if one would make a Bore Priha Eitz or a Bore Priha Adama on wine, one would be Yotze Dechova, because a wine has not undergone such a drastic process, it has not totally lost its identity as being a priha eitz. Chazal were a, a, a better bracha, 
However, it's still a priya eitz. It's the juice of of the, the of the grape, and therefore it's still defined as a grape. In one of the previous shurim when we discussed meiperos, we discussed the fact that wine still had the din of a pri, and therefore the bracha of bari priya eitz would still apply. And since every priya eitz is also a priya adama, the bracha of bari priya adama would apply as well. However, the Magen Avram and Simon Reish Ches raises the possibility that one would not be Yotzei Chavah, one would not fulfill the requirement if one made a Bori Priya Eitz or a Bori Priya Dama on wine. It's clear that according to these opinions, then certainly Rakuna would also agree that if one made a Bori Priya Eitz or Bori Priya Dama on wine or on bread, one would not be Yotzei Chavah. However, if we assume according to those opinions, that one is Yotzei Yidei Chova, when one makes a Bari Priya Eitz or Bari Priya Dama on Pas V'yayin according to Rav Yochanan, then we can ask ourselves the question, why did Rav Huna argue only on the end of the Mishnah? What about the previous case, when one made a Bari Priya Dama on Peros Ha'ilat? What is the din of a Bari Priya Dama on wine? or Bori Priya Dama on bread, or Bori Priya Eitz on wine. What would be the din in that case, according to Rakuna, if one concedes that it's still classified as wine? However, since wine, uh, and still classified as a pre, however, since wine and pas, wine and bread, gets a special bracha, Bori Priya Eitz and Bori Priya Dama are not that special bracha. The reason that there's room to question what the din would be in a quantra Rakuna in this case is because there's a basic difference between the bracha of Shakom Yabidvaro and the bracha of Bari Priya Eitz or Bari Priya Adama. Uh, in a number of different contexts, we see that the bracha of Shakom is perhaps a totally different type of bracha. For instance, there's the halacha of Ikar Betafel. The Mishnah on Memdalim and Aleph 44a says as follows. Heviu lefan of Maliach Tchila upas imo if one wanted to eat something very, very salty, and he eats a piece of bread simply because it's a little bit too salty, but he doesn't want to eat the bread per se. He's only eating the bread in order to make it easier for him to eat that uh, herring or that pickle, whatever it is. Then the halacha is that he makes a bracha only on the maliach, only on the salty item, but he does not have to make a bracha on the pot that he eats along with it. And the Mishnah says as follows, Zehaklal, kol shehu ikar v'imot tefillah, v'varech al ha'ikar u'poter et Whenever one eats something that has both ikar as well as tafel together with it, something which is the main reason that he's eating, and something which is simply secondary of secondary importance, then one makes a bracha only on the ikar, and one does not have to make a bracha on that which is tafel. The question that's brought up in the Ramah, is what happens if one ate the tafel before the ikar? What happens if one wants to, in order to get his mouth ready to eat the maliach, he eats bread first, so that, that it should take away the sharpness of the salt. And then, But he doesn't eat the bread because he wants to eat bread. The only reason he's eating the bread is in order to enable him later to eat the maliach, to eat the salty item. What does one do in that case? Does one say that the bracha that he will make later on on the salty item will cover retroactively the the uh, the bread as well, or does one say no that one over here has to make a bracha 
on the bread, and therefore you should make a motzi. And later on, perhaps since the bread in this case is not the main the main item, it could be that making a bracha on the bread in this case will not cover the salty item, therefore we have to make an additional bracha on the salty item. This question also relates to another issue which we're not going to discuss in this year, and that's exactly how that din of kol shehu ikar, works. When it says, how exactly does that halacha work? But that we're not going to discuss in this year. What I would like to discuss is the shita of the Ramah. We raise two different possibilities. One possibility is you make a bracha only on the ikar, and even though you ate the pas beforehand, it does, you don't make a bracha on that at all. The other possibility is that you should make a motzi lechem in the arts and the pas, and later on perhaps make another bracha on the maliach. The Ramah says as follows, since you're eating the tafel first, the bracha that you should make on the tafel is shakol niebidvaro. At first glance, the shita of the Ramah seems absurd. If it requires a bracha, an independent bracha, you should make a mosi. If it doesn't require a bracha, you shouldn't make a bracha at all. What's the logic of making a bracha of shahakol on bread that you eat as a tafel prior to the ikar? L'cha'ora, what you have to say is as follows, that even though you're eating bread, you're not eating it qua bread, as bread. You're eating it in order to service the maliach that you're going to eat later. And therefore, it doesn't have the status of bread. So even though physically it's a piece of bread, nevertheless, you're not relating to it as bread. And therefore, it doesn't require the special bracha, the unique bracha, which is reserved for bread. So why do you make a bracha on it at all? The answer is very, very simple. We learned at the beginning of Ketzim Mavarachim, one of the reasons that one makes a bracha is because there's a prohibition. One is not allowed to get hana from things in this world. One is not allowed to get hana by eating of fruit or of food in this world without making a bracha. Even though the bread is coming as a tafat, what will be eaten later, since one did not yet eat the maliach, and one now is getting hana by eating the bread, it demands a bracha. But what bracha does it, man, does it demand? It only demands a bracha as a makir. The element of shevach, to give praise to HaKadosh Baruch for creating bread, is not necessarily here at all. We mentioned in the first year that every birchas hanenin, a birchas hanenin usually contains two different, two different uh, ideas. One idea is to imatir hana, to allow us to get hana from this world. The second idea is to, is to say Shevach, to give Shevach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In this case, when one is eating the bread only as a tafel, but not eating it qua bread, the only bracha that's required here is a bracha of, of, of a makir, a makir for the hana, to allow one to eat the bread, because by eating the bread one is getting hana, even though it's only serving a secondary purpose. The primary purpose is the maliach, which he will eat later, nevertheless, he is getting hana, and therefore it's impossible for him to put that bread in his mouth without making a bracha. But what bracha does he have to make? Does he have to relate to bread as bread, and therefore does it have to be the bracha on lechem, containing the shevach, which, which, which is demanded by eating lechem? No. The only bracha that he has to make is a bracha of a matir, and therefore all he has to say is shakol miyabidvaro. There's a big machlokus him regarding what bracha one makes when one eats food, not for the sake of eating food, but one makes food for hanas or fuah. 
the Gemara on the Lamed Vav Amidalev, 36a, discusses the case where somebody drinks Shemen Zayis for the purpose of Rafur. There's basically three different Shitos in the Rishonim. But the Shita that I want to concentrate on is the Shita of the Ra'ah. According to the Ra'ah, if one eats food for the sake of Rafuah, the bracha that one makes is a shakon de Abidvaro. In other words, if one is drinking the Shevan Zayis and getting handout from the Shevan Zayis, the taste of the Shevan Zayis itself, then one will make a bari eggs. However, if the, he's not getting handout from the taste of the Shevan Zayis, the only handout that he's getting is hanas Rafuah, then one makes a bracha of shakon de Abidvaro. Now, again, it seems a little bit strange. Since he's not getting any hana from the tam of the shemen, from the taste of the shemen, from drinking the shemen per se as, as, as food, as sustenance, but rather the hana that he's getting is medicinal hana, why should he make a bracha at all? And if, it, and if medicinal hana is defined as hana, then let him make a regular bona fide bar eggs. Why is it that he, if he gets medicinal hana, he makes a shackle, while if he, gets, if he benefits from the shemen zais as food, and sustenance, or, or from the taste, then he would make the bracha of Bari Kreis. And again, the answer is similar. That it's true that Hanas Rafua is considered Hana, and therefore it's Aser Lehanos, you know, Lama Zebla Bracha. It's Aser for him, it's prohibited for him to get benefit from drinking the Shevan Zayis for medicinal purposes without making the bracha of, without making the bracha of a mafia. However, one is not relating to the Shemen Zayis as a pre haetz as something which is a food item, but rather only for its medicinal value. And therefore, since the Hana over here is not Hana that one gets from food, but rather it's a medicinal Hana, therefore the bracha that one should make is Shakol Niyebidvaro. This issue comes up in another context as well. Most we show them hold that the bracha that one makes when one eats less than a kazayis is a regular bracha rishona. The only reason that a kazayis is needed is for bracha achrona. However, regarding bracha rishona, even if one takes a, ta- a taste, one has to make a, a bracha rishona. Um, there's a shita of Rabbi Yonah that if one eats less than a kazayis, then the bracha that one makes is not the regular normal bracha that one would make on that type of food, but rather the bracha that one has to make is a shahakon liyabidvaro. And again, what we're seeing is the same, is the same shita, the same idea, that if one eats a kazayis, then one is relating to the food as food, because one is eating a, 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 a whole entire kazayis of the food. However, if one takes just a little bit and puts it in his mouth, so it's true he's gotten hanav, but it's not hanas achila, because he didn't do achila. Achila is eating a kazayis. But rather, it's only a little bit. It's only a little taste. So he got hanas, so he has to make a bracha. However, the shvach that's required for hanas achila is not required in this case. And therefore, what bracha does one make when one is benefiting, when one is getting hanas, one is deriving hanas from food? However, one is not Getting Hanas Achila, the bracha that one should make in that case is Shakol Nyebidvaro. Within this context, one should know the Gemara and Daflamid Ches Oed Beis, 38b. The Gemara over there says that if one eats 
peros shelo kederech achilasan, then one makes a shakol yedidvaro. The Gemara says as follows: Kol shetchilaso bari pi adama shakol shakol yedidvaro. The kol shetchilaso shakol yedidvaro shakol bari pi adama. If originally this it what the bracha was a bari pi adama, in other words, it's something which is normally eaten in its raw state. And you went ahead and cooked it. Then, after cooking it, you make a shakon yevidvaro. However, if in its raw state, it's not usually eaten, and you eat it in its raw state, that's the case of tchilasa shakon yevidvaro, and it's normally eaten only after cooking it. Then, only upon cooking it, will you make the bracha of bari priyadama. In other words, the only time that you make the bracha of bari priyadama is when you eat something kiderech achilaso, as it's normally eaten. When you eat the fruit as a fruit, as a fruit is normally eaten, then you get hanas achilas pri, and therefore you make the birchas pri. However, if you're not eating it as a fruit, even though biologically, botanically, it is a fruit, nevertheless the bracha will only be a bracha of shakol yabidvaro. So why should you make a shakol yabidvaro on some kind of a fruit or some kind of a vegetable? The answer is because you're not eating it as a fruit in the way that this fruit or vegetable is normally eaten, but rather you're eating it in some in some way which is not ordinary. Nevertheless, you're getting hana. Since you're getting hana, you have to make a bracha to allow you to get that hana. What bracha does one make in order to allow one to get him that hana, even though he's not eating it as a fruit? The answer is again, shakol yevidvaro. One final opinion that I want to relate to in this context is Tosfos on Daf Mem Gimel and Aleph 43a. Tosfos over there is discussing the bracha of Barim Yenei Bissamim. What bracha does one make on Bissamim? And there are sometimes that you make a Bari Atzei Bissamim, there are sometimes that you make a Bari Asvei Bissamim, and there are sometimes that you make a Bari Minei Bissamim. Tosfos over there discusses a case where you don't know exactly what bracha you should make. He says as follows, Umi Shaholecha Bayit, Sheyesham Bissamim, Somebody who's walking in a house, and there are a lot of besamim, a lot of fragrances there. He doesn't know what kind, what type it is. There's one opinion that you make of Barim Yabisamim, that makes a lot of sense. Barim Yabisamim is the parallel to Shakon Yabisvaro. It basically is talking about all the different types of Yabisamim. You don't know whether it's Atse Yabisamim or Atse Yabisamim. Make a Barim Yabisamim, makes a lot of sense. However, Tosos brings a different shita that in such a case you should make a Shakon Yabisvaro. Why should you make a Shakon Yabisvaro? The answer is obvious. The Yabisamim is Hana. You're getting Hana. It's not Hana Sachila, but Hana. When you know exactly what type of besamim it is, whether atse or asve, then you will make that bracha, bari atse besamim, bari asve besamim. But if you don't know what kind of bracha to make, and you're looking for a bracha which will allow you to get the hana of the reach, the type of bracha that you make is shahakol niye bidvaro. Now let's return to the case of Rav Huna. Rav Huna said, Based on the Mishnah, Akulam im Amar Shakon Yabidvaro Yatsa, Chutzmina Pasmina Yain. Pas and Yain require, they, they, they have a special bracha. 
Chazal will be talking a special bracha, special birchas hashevach regarding pas and yayin. And therefore, if you make a shahakol, you're not yotzi. Now, shahakol is the opposite side of the coin. It's totally the opposite case of Borg Pragefen and Mosilech Menaharetz. Mosilech Menaharetz is the highest form of shevach that Chazal were metaking as far as Matveya Brachos are concerned. However, shakol is a bracha in which the element of shevach is almost non-existent. It's whenever you have to, you need a bracha to be Matar Hana, when the element of shevach is, is, is not necessary. That's when you make a shakol Yabidvaro. And therefore, normally, on a regular type of food item, whether it be Barimemi Zonos, or Baripriya Eitz, or Baripriya Dama, where Chazal L'Chathila said you should add Sheva, but if you don't, it's not so terrible. There, if you said Shahakol, you fulfilled your requirement. However, regarding Baripriya regarding Gefet, Baripriya Gefet, and Hamotz Lech here Chazal will be talking a special bracha, Gorim Bracha La'atzmo, here, the, the, the Shavach is needed a to Rav and one cannot do without that Shavach. If one only made a Shachon Yavidvaro, which does not contain any Shavach, but only allows Hana, that's not enough for these two special, two special items, for Pas and for Yayin. However, what happens if one made Bari Priyadamu or Bari Priyayetz? Bari Priyadamu or Bari Priyayetz is not only a Birchas Hamakir, it doesn't only allow Hana, but it contains Shevach as well. It's not only that basic level, let me make a bracha to allow me to get Hanar from this world. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, and therefore I have to somehow somehow attribute it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then I'm allowed to get to get Hanar from this world. However, when one makes a bracha of Bari Priya 8, Bari Priya Dhamma, one adds Shevach, specific Shevach, to what he's eating. It might, the Shevach might not have been specific enough. He didn't say Bari Piyagefet. He didn't say Hamotzu Lechem in Haaretz. However, the element of Shevach does exist, at least in a, in a lower in lower form. In this case, would Rav Puna have argued as well? We have no way of knowing. Rav Puna said it did only on the end of the Mishnah. Which is basically only a Be'chosamat here. Yatsa Chosmina Pasmina Yayin. Because Pasman Ayayin requires Shevach as well. Special Shevach. What happens if one made a bracha that has lesser Shevach on Pasman Ayayin? Would one be Yotzeh according to Rapuna, or, one would not, or, or would one not be Yotzeh? We really have no way of knowing. And the truth is that, that the Rishonim and the Postman didn't discuss it because the Halacha is like a Biyokha. But nevertheless, it was an interesting um, it was an interesting way to relate to, I think, a very, very basic issue in, t- in terms of the entire map of brachos, from Birchos HaShakol to Bar Pragefen and Hamos Lechem Minaharetz. Birchos HaShakol, on the one hand, is a bracha which is there only to matir hana, to allow one to get hana minahulam hazev, in cases where you don't have to relate to the thing that you're eating as a food item. You're not eating it as achila, achila's pre, but really you're only getting hana out of it. Then you have to make a brachas, a bracha to matir hana. That bracha is shakol nevitvaro. On the other side of the spectrum, one has two special brachas that we're attacking for the special aspect and characteristics of wine and pas. Those two brachas are mosi lechem 
and Vartragesa. And in between, we have brachos, which don't function only as a matya. They add a certain amount of shavach as well. However, they're not quite that highest form of shavach that the chazal metakein in the form of bor pravefen and moslech me'aretz, where chazal metakein a bracha of gorim bracha la'atzma. There, that form of shavach one does not have. So, the fact that Aguna said, we have no way of extrapolating and claiming that Akuna would also claim that you wouldn't be Yotze if one made a Borika 8 and Borika Dama. Perhaps yes, and perhaps no. We really have no way of ascertaining for sure. But as I said before, it really has no Nakamina Halacha On the other hand, our analysis and conceptualization of the bracha of Shako, what type of bracha it is, that has many different nafkaminas halacha lemaisa, as I mentioned. You have been listening to the Shir Minuchot Brachot of Harav Ya'ir Khan. Today's halacha yomit, we will devote one day to Purim. Not enough? One halacha yomit about Purim. Today is Tanit Esther, like any Tanit, for those of you who actually catch the podcast on time, are catching it. Today, on Monday, any Tanit is primarily a day of Tshuva. Sometimes we forget that. We, we're busy fasting. It doesn't require a lot of work, but it does tend to influence one's mind. Especially on Tanit Estai, you're getting ready for Purim. But any Tanit is by definition a day of Tshuva. And before we get to the Simcha of Purim, it's necessary to repent, do Tshuva, to prepare ourselves properly, to be worthy of the Geula. I want to talk about the mitzvah of Mishloch Manot. The three mitzvot on Purim. Four mitzvot on Purim. Four mitzvot on Purim. Mishloch Manot and Matanot Levyonim. Giving gifts of food to our friends and uh, charity to the poor. Mitzvah, of course, of Mikra Megillah. Being the Megillah and the mitzvah of Sauda. Mishloch Manot. It says in the Megillah, Mishloch Manot Yishlom Re'eyu. The Tumat Adeshan says that the reason for Mishloch Manot is to provide food for the Suda. It's intimately connected with the Mitzvah of Suda. Suda is the way you celebrate, the way you celebrate uh, uh, Purim. But you should send, you should celebrate together. How do I celebrate together with you? We don't make massive parties for all of us, necessarily. But I give you a little bit of food for your Suda. So the Mishloch Manot is food, but food for the Suda. Other Mephashim learn that, uh, no, it's simply to create Ve'ut. It's, it's, it's an independent Mitzvah. It's not part of the Suda. But Chazal saw that Purim requires a strengthening of the bonds of Klal Yisrael. What could be more true today when we see before our eyes the bonds of Klal Yisrael unraveling? And therefore Purim is just in time. Mishloch manot ishrei ehu. Remember that you're not by yourself. You can't exist by yourself. The gulav Purim is not for yourself. And so we share food with others because... By sharing the food, by sending a mana, it's a gift. By sending a, a nice little package of food, one uh, strengthens the re'ut. Ish re'ehu, one to his friend, you strengthen the friendship. The difference between the two has to do with the fact that according to Tumat Adeshen, the, the food should be indicated that it's for the Sudan. Therefore, the Magan Avram says that you should not give foods which it's possible to eat them now, but they don't look like they're, maintain, they're, they're, they're meant to be eaten right away. Uh, the Gura agrees. So you shouldn't send an uncooked chicken. Of course the guy could cook it. 
you could cook it the same day. Just, and then in the morning, you can cook it for the afternoon. But it doesn't seem like it, that's what you meant. And it has to carry the meaning that I'm providing for your su'uda. And therefore, he says, you should send, you should send food which could actually be used in the su'uda. Uh, it can be used even for dessert. Most of us uh, tend to send like you know happy food, meaning cakes and candies. Uh, that could be dessert, but it's still, it should be something which, which seems to be indicated, it carries a tag, so to speak, that it's meant to be used to be used today. According to the second opinion that I mentioned, that probably wouldn't be necessary. You send something which can be eaten, it, 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 it creates friendship, it creates a kirva, it creates closeness between the people, between the people who, um, who receive it. Uh, I saw a question there, Chonim asked, as to whether or not canned goods would be good according to the Magen Avraham. Uh, the very fact that they're in cans means they're the man yamdu yamim rabim. They indicate that they're meant for storage. Of course, nothing is meant for storage forever. There's no such thing as meant for storage. And I don't think it's really a problem. Something which needs to be cooked needs to be, needs to be developed, needs to be prepared. You should give things which don't need to be prepared so they could use it right away. Why are you making him work? It's supposed to make him happy. It's supposed to make him uh, eat. Canned goods can be eaten right away. The fact that you can also be stored, that's an added, that's an added bonus. I don't think Allah has any problem in it. But the question is indicative of the uh, kind of thought that should go into sending Shalach Manas. I do think that you know, one should make an effort to not to send silly things. You know, sometimes they send little bits of candies and this. Uh, aim it at this uda. Aim it at immediate enjoyment. Aim it at increasing the community, our friends, the ability to, to have simcha on Purim. Purim is the day of unmitigated simcha. It's not mixed in with, with great philosophy. It's not mixed with other things. We're simply having simcha that we're alive and able to serve, serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's it for today. Wishing you all a happy Afreilach of Purim. We should see Simchas. We should have B'sorot Tovot. B'na'afauchu. The months and the days that our enemies plan against us, plan to destroy us, plan to hurt us. There seems to be no lack of such instances. Kodesh even as even when we don't see it, Kodesh is turning their plans against them. We should all be zocher b'geulash leima b'mehera b'yameinu b'biat Mashiach tzidkenu. Amen. There will be no shir tomorrow on Tuesday. No KMTT tomorrow for Tuesday, which means the shir in Jewish philosophy in the Middle Ages will not be given this week. We'll be back on Wednesday with the shiur in the weekly mitzvah of HaRav Binyamin Tavori. Until then, this has been Ezra Beck. You've been listening to KMTT. Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah Udvar Hashem Mi Yerushalayim. Kol Tov.